All right, this is episode whatever of uh, Terribly Vexed <laughs> with Justin and... Oh, are we starting now? Might as well. We've been recording. Oh, okay. Want to start again? Yeah. Hey, here we are. Terribly Vexed, back at it with uh, me, Justin, and... Me, Josh. How are you? Great. <laughs> We've been talking for like an hour and a half. Yeah, we've been talking about all kinds of stuff. Ended it with cults. Yep. So, Which, you know, I guess we'll do an episode in the near future. Mm-hmm. Talk about, uh, well, we didn't want to call them cults. Yeah. But that's uh, what they are. I still don't know what we're going to call them. Uh, Gather. Um, religious, uh, varying religious beliefs. People's different religious beliefs. Yeah. Might as well. Close enough. Yeah. All right. But let's, before we get into all that again, what are we talking about this time? We're going to be discussing the moon eyed people. I'm sorry. That was my fault. I got a little tangled up there in the old cords. Um, Yeah, the moon eyed people. Now, if you're from the Southeast, perhaps. No? You don't want to talk about the moon eyes? No, I definitely do. I was just saying those headphones. Oh, were, okay. I, I gave you the no. <laughs> sorry. I took my headphones off because they were annoying me greatly. They I'm stink. sorry. I misread what you were... Uh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead, though. What were you saying? I, I was simply saying that the moon-eyed people, they uh, if you're from the southeastern portion of the United States, you may have heard of the moon-eyed people. They're... Um, not really in the history books, but they've sort of fallen into the into the world of myth and legend, I would say. Even though, uh, if we look into some historical texts, there are uh, there's a lot of mention of the Moon-Eyed people. Who they were, where they lived, um, who they might have been. Yeah. So we're going to be discussing those, mm-hmm. those people and kind of looking at some of those... Uh, Different books that talk about them, going all the way back to the 1700s, 1800s. Reputable sources, mind you. It was the, what was the, 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 it was around the early 1700s when these were, this group of people were supposedly around, right? Or first talked about. No. According to legend. Uh, Well, it would have been much further back. I think they were already gone by the time... Hernando de Soto started rolling through the area in like the 1500s. They would have been gone, uh, I think. Hmm. Because they I date the um, the mystery wall on top of Fort Mountain in uh, it's near Chatsworth, Georgia. Mm-hmm. They date that wall uh, to around 400 A.D. If I'm not mistaken. You know what? I have that in my notes. It says that? I'm I'm an idiot. Yes. 400 to 500 A.D., that wall. I guess what what I was looking at was uh, the Cherokee expelled them. Yeah, probably even much. um, So, yeah, that would have been before Hernando de Soto. That could have been in the 1200s, 1300s, I guess. But I I think it's speculation. That they they come up with that 400 A.D. Uh, who's to say? Carbon dating. Well, it's rock. It's it's, a, it's a stone wall. They can't do carbon dating on that. Uh, I think the the only way they could do that is if they get material underneath at the very base of that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think any of that's been done. 
It's my yeah. understanding. See, I yeah, I didn't find anything other than just those dates about the rock wall. Yeah. As far as like scientific. Yeah, I, and know, I want to say like there may there I, there there's several kiosks that you with information uh, at the stone wall when you go to the Fort Mountain, the park up there. They. I want to say that something was done in the 1950s, 1960s. Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. But they did some sort of like a university, went up there, and they were kind of doing some different things. But I don't think they did any sort of carbon dating because, again, right. you're talking about stone. I don't know that that would be too accurate. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that works. I just always heard, you know, carbon dating, carbon dating. Everybody loves carbon dating. Right. So I just figured... Got to have your organic material to be able to do that. Stone, though. you can't do it, right? Is that's what you're correct. saying it's like the Sphinx and all that. You're s how do they carbon date all that? Well, you know, there's a lot of speculation about the Sphinx, <laughs> and, uh, okay. because you've got uh, Robert Shock's, you know, water erosion theory, and of course there wouldn't have been any water there at the time. They say mainstream sources say that it was originally built. He says it's much older. Another guy by the name of Graham Hancock, he says Who's that it that? was. I never heard uh, of him. Some guy, he's yeah. written a couple of books, talks about this thing every once in a while. Ancient civilizations, Atlantis, I don't know. Uh, he says that it's possibly older, too. Now, granted, he's not a scientist. He's not a scientist. But, he uh, seems like a smart fellow, though. Dr. Robert Schock is, however, a uh, scientist. He's a geologist, so there could be well, something to his theories. Okay. It's so, not just some crackpot like you or me out there looking at things saying, "Hey, I think this is uh, a lot older." Right. than they say it is. But I know that the uh, if we're talking about Egypt here for just a second, uh, Zahi Hawass, who's like was the I guess, antiquities minister or something. He's uh not a trustworthy fellow. I think he's been caught stealing some artifacts and selling them like right out of the tombs and whatnot i think so yeah, yeah. and he, he doesn't like graham hancock he doesn't like anybody else with their different theories you know right supposedly he's the gatekeeper he's got all the answers you know and this guy's still going uh to my knowledge he's still in some sort of capacity working over there yeah but i don't know if he's the main dude anymore he used to be the main guy for a long time what's his name zahi hawass hmm. you can uh, watch some videos on youtube where uh Graham Hancock was given a presentation over there somewhere, and they had a little shouting match back and forth. Actually, Graham wasn't shouting. He was trying to get Zahi Hawass just to listen to some of his theories uh, with another guy who wrote a book called, um, oh, I've, the name escapes me, sorry, but his name is uh, Robert Bouval, and he came up with the astronomical alignment theory over Egypt, uh, having to do with, I think, the belt of Orion. Mm-hmm. Which we can talk about that sometime, too. Wow. This all kind of ties in together, though, Justin. This is another, as far as lo I mean, like lost civilization, this is another one that really gets you, gets you all worked up, right? The moon eyes? No, just lost civilizations, past Absolutely. civilizations. This, you're a Graham Hancock fan, Absolutely. to say the least. Yes. Yeah. You, you met him. Yeah. Hugged him. Hugged him. Yeah. Remember that phone call I got after you were <laughs> you were very happy about that one. We shared a warm embrace. Um, his wife held my camera. It's awesome. Wow. She took pictures. That's cool. She photographed uh, for all of his books. 
all around the world. All really? their adventures. I didn't, I didn't know she did that. Yeah, she's she's been his photographer since his career started. Hmm. It would have been back in the early 80s, I guess. But like I was saying, uh, the Moon Eyes and the Mystery Wall, Fort Mountain, all of this stuff kind of ties in together with lost civilizations. Mm-hmm. Because when they say, like I said, 400 AD, there, it's, there's a lot of speculation there. I feel like there's a lot of speculation. It's an educated guess, but it, it could be older, which is what Graham's point always is. Why don't they carbon date? Well, you know, again, in the <laughs> I know, I was just joking. <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry, I had to do it. What were you saying? I'm sorry. No, so, I've lost my train of thought now. Let me now. ask you this. Quick question for you. Why okay. do they call them the Moon-Eyed People? Well, uh, apparently they couldn't see so well during the daytime. They saw better at night. Um, and there's, like, uh, just kind of from what uh, we were, you know, as we were researching here, there's lots of kind of different descriptions of the moon eyes. So in some instances, they are said to be fair-skinned, almost like albinos, and uh, with long hair. Some of them have beards in the descriptions. Um, yeah, that almost gave me, have you ever watched Game of Thrones? Yes. Uh, gave me like a White Walker type. They have the big blue eyes, right. long white hair and beard. Yeah, so they describe them as having blue eyes. Yeah. Um, Large, like larger than normal eyes. Yeah, I've seen From, that a couple uh, places. And then I also heard not at all normal eyes. But yeah, blue. and I've seen like tall and I've seen short. Mm-hmm. More short. On my side of it, though, I've heard yeah, a and lot. Yeah, but the, the, I guess the point is the descriptions really vary yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. But the one thing that's kind of, um, you know, you through through all the descriptions, you see that they're uh, the the nocturnal thing, where they're just sort of like mm-hmm. they can see better at night. And supposedly, before the Cherokee had battles with them, the Creek Indians were in the area before, and they had battles with them. And, yeah. like, they originally drove them out of certain areas. Mm-hmm. But, uh, again, you see different things with different uh, different sources. Yeah. So, anyway, it's lots of different um, descriptions there. Yeah, and the... Uh, so, their eyes are very sensitive to sunlight. I also heard that uh, a full moon's light was even too much for them. Yeah, yeah. The time. They wouldn't come out from their underground from their caves or wherever they were from. Yeah. And, and a the, full moon night. Yeah, the creek, when they did the battle, they actually used that against them. Yeah. So they attacked them during the day. And I've read that they actually drove them uh, into the ground uh, to, to possibly... I don't know if they had structures that they lived in above ground or if they drove them into caves uh, from that point. Yeah, I heard it was a cave and then they collapsed the cave. Somehow, really, and then that moon-eyed people gone at that point. And, that, and then you go; they became reptilians, which we all <laughs> know and love today. That's a whole other. That's a whole other thing. What's weird, though, because the Creek supposedly had battles with them. The Creek were in the area before the Cherokee come in, and the Creek, or the Cherokee, drive the Creek out. But then they also have battles with the Moon Eyes. So both peoples that. And again, the Moon Eyes were already here. Whoever they right. were, they were already here. Um, so that that's kind of, we'll get into our uh, some of the theories in just a minute is who they were, yeah. where they came from. 
uh, I guess one of the more popular ones, if we could talk about it right now, is is the Prince, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, Madoc? Madoc is how it's spelled, M-A-D-O-C, and I think it sounds cooler, but I've heard it's Matic. Matic, yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, it doesn't sound quite as alien. Doesn't have the zing. Yeah, so. And, and so Dwight talked about him. A little bit. I think that's Dwight's theory as to who the Moon Eyes were. In the Dwight interview, which, by the way, if you haven't listened to it, go back and check that out. Episode number four, I think. I think, yeah. I don't know. Because we did... Uh, it's up there. Sure. Anyway, so... Um, he showed up right after Columbus showed up, right? No. Oh. I know. That was a joke. Oh, that was a joke, too? I'm, see, because I got that first fact way wrong, so I'm just going <laughs> to be wrong the rest of the time and then just ask you to cre- you know, correct me. So, And uh, with the Moon Eyes story, uh, the Prince Maddock? Madoc? Let's just stick with Madoc. Everybody else says Maddock. Every name. It's like we're always yeah. trying to, like, you know, Madoc. He... Uh, his story kind of flows into myth and legend now as well because it's really not in the history books, you know, where they're sort of, you know, want to uh, attribute the first European, you know, mm-hmm. uh, visitation to North America being from this guy. They say it's Christopher Columbus. Yeah. Which would have been about 400 and something years later. Yeah. He came so, in over at about 1170. Yeah. This guy... Um what was I going to say? He's from, uh, he's Welsh. Welsh prince. He was a Welsh prince. Supposedly. And, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know, also called Mad Dog. I've also heard that too. Really? Yeah. Spelled that way. You're as making well. that shit up I now. I swear to God. I believe this one was on, yep, Wiki. M A D O G. Mad Dog. Must have been a real wild man. Yeah. So, yeah, according to folklore, a Welsh prince who sailed to America in 1170 over 300 years before Christopher Columbus' voyage of 1492. Uh, let's see, according to the story, he was the son of Owen Gwynedd, which I'm going to butcher these names. Yeah. Um, took to sea to flee the violence at home. The Madoc. 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 Madoc story. Legend evidently evolved out of the medieval tradition about a Welsh hero's sea voyage to which only illusions survive. So, again, falls into legend, myth. It's not confirmed. There's no real history behind it other than it being passed down through, you know. Right, and that's really what this whole story is, for the most part, right? Just legends, folk tales. Yeah. There's, a, there's maybe a few like real parts of it. But Except for that 900-foot wall. Exactly, yeah. That's a, that's a which big... Which nobody, nobody's claiming. The Cherokee don't claim that wall. The Creek don't claim that wall, as far as I know. I know from what I've read that the, the Cherokee said that these structures were already here when they came into the area. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about the, the giant serpent structure? There's also a very... It was a, supposedly one that the Moonite people built. Was that Serpent Mound? In Ohio? No, no, no. This was like it was a giant stone snake that had red eyes. And if they crossed a certain river, the snake would eat them. That was part of their legend. So they didn't cross a certain river. 
Cherokee. Where is this? I'm not sure. It's nowhere to be found now. Oh. This was just part of the Cherokee oh, okay. legend, as they said there was this giant red-eyed snake that would eat you if you cross over into their land, into the Moon-Eyed People land. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so they didn't go over there. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Uh, that's, um, see, we, I learned something. We do, what, do one of these episodes, and I learned oh. something new every time because I, I can read and read and read and again we'll both come up with new stuff mm-hmm. and I, I think that's a good thing that's that's what this is all about isn't it yeah you're learning i'm learning spreading knowledge we're all learning here uh so yeah that's kind of basically the uh the whole uh maddox story there Madoc. yeah mad dog Let's just call him Mad Dog. Mad Dog. From here himself. on out. This, but that's it. That's the end of the, his segment, isn't it? Well, he, okay, so he came over and he came up through the Gulf of Mexico, what is now, I guess, Mobile Bay. Mm-hmm. So it would have been Mobile, Alabama. Yeah. And then he just worked his way north, supposedly. Under, <laughs> forget it, forget it. Go ahead. No, no, you got stuff. another joke. I nah, want you to get was, all your jokes be, in. I was going to make a joke about Alabama, but I don't want to get into all that. Go ahead. Now I'm curious. No, I'll tell you when we stop recording. Okay. I'm not really. It's a stupid joke. I'm not even going to say it. So, yeah, basically works his way. Works his way north. And um, that's kind of where we went. But, you know, it's if I could just... Uh, and inject my own do it theory because there's a lot of theories about the the wall itself and one of the theories is that it's some sort of protective you know it was like a fort mm-hmm. they call it fort mountain today but that implies that this wall was part of some sort of structure where you could defend yourself mm-hmm. but it's only 855 900 feet long yeah it's very it, it's short it's a very short wall three to six feet tall ranging and mm-hmm. Yeah, you take it as now as all the stones and the rocks have kind of, you know, just fallen over and they're just kind of laying there, but it wouldn't have been very tall. So it did. That's what I meant. That's what I should have said. Yeah, and it has, it sort of snakes around. Like I think you could find some sort of diagrams online of the way that it sort of snakes around, you know, one side of the mountain, but it certainly doesn't. It's not going to protect you from anybody invading if that's your special little secret village area up there on top of this mountain. First off, they got to get up there to you, right? And then they can just walk around it, go right around it, right? Not, it's not tall enough, yeah, or jump over. So, but that theory is out there quite a bit, and I see that, you know, pretty often on people's, um, you know, websites and stuff where they're talking about it. They want to imply that it was some sort of protective. I don't see how that could have ever been the case. Yeah, I don't. And they even attribute it to DeSoto when he was coming through the area. Like, he built it as some sort of protective wall. But, again, he was kind of moving through the area pretty quick. Yeah. And it it took a long while to construct that wall. Even even though it's only 900 feet, you know, Mm -hmm. it would have taken a while to to build that. And, again, it didn't serve any purpose in in defense, I wouldn't think. Yeah. Especially... I don't know. I also read something that there could have been another, perhaps a civil war between moon-eyed people cultures back then. Short people, short walls. Who knows? That's possible too. Yep. 
I, I don't know. It's just it's, it's all speculation. All this is yeah. That's all it is. It's just ideas that people have. But that's what's so intriguing about it is is uh, there's all these different theories, but we do have the wall. So had there been no wall, yeah. and there would have just been like legend of the moon-eyed people, you know, different uh, native peoples would have had these different. I mean, there's all kinds of myth and legend. Uh, you know, uh, and but there's no evidence of any of that. Whereas with this, there is some evidence. You see, left behind, right? right. And it's like the the. And I'm gonna. I'm straight, we're jumping around here. There were two statues. Well, one statue that was actually found in Murphy, North Carolina, in like the 1840s. It was unearthed. I'm mm-hmm. assuming there was probably some sort of farming situation going on over there. And they dug it up, I guess, on accident. And uh, you can actually see that statue, that little carving, in the museum over in Mur- Murphy, North Carolina today. Yeah, I believe you... It looks like little aliens. Yeah. It's like you posted some pictures on Instagram a little while ago. I did. Of those, that exact sculpture. That Yeah, that carving. Yeah. So that that's uh, interesting. Again, if you want to see, you know, that... Uh, you can just go to that museum over in Murphy, and it's right there. My sister was over there recently, and she saw that statue. She was there. She was in in Murphy. Yep. Is it still chained to the wall? Probably. Have you seen those pictures of it? So yeah, I yeah. I There's got to be a better way to <laughs> display that. I think it was only taken out of like some sort of like archive and displayed recently too, like 2015 or something maybe. Yeah. So just recently, within the past few years. Um, so anyway. Uh all this all this mystery wall talk is we're is we're having this little discussion about the moon eyes. I just want to bring this point up that at some point in the future, I think we should talk about all of the mounds. Uh which would also, you know, again tie into Graham's book, uh America Before that came out uh, you know, a few years ago. And I want to talk about all of the different mounds in the United States, all the the lost civilizations that were here. Yeah. Because that's I think that's I think that's fascinating, and I think there's a lot to that that could tie into this as well. Is that what they they, they call earthworks? Is that what those are? Correct. Uh, earthwork. Very good. Thank you. Uh, so like when I went to uh, his book signing over in St. Louis, there's the famous Cahokia mounds. Yeah, which was a huge city. I think it's uh, kind of agreed upon that that was the largest uh, city uh, in the Americas, North Americas, just because. And who knows? I mean, that that uh, what they call now Monk's Mound. It's like a hundred feet high. They built that by hand. Like, Where's that one at? It's uh, just outside of St. Louis. So and it's a, a lot of a lot of Midwest yeah, stuff happening. The Mississippian like, cultures, yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, they all lived it's right the, there on the Mississippi because of the fertile land the, yep. and the transport of... Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, like, just all the ancient, like, pre-Columbian uh, civilizations in the Americas, I think that stuff's fascinating. Uh, when I was in Athens, Georgia last weekend, I saw another mound, and it was the Nakuchi Indian Mound. Nakuchi. Can you say that one more time? Nakuchi. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's probably I'm probably saying it wrong, but like just to real quick, just sort of list out some of the other mounds. 
while we're on structures, mysterious structures, because it's, again, a lot of speculation as to what they use these mounds for, okay? We know that there was a burial ceremonial aspect to it, uh, but, and this could be another episode too, what, what was special about these places that they built them? Maybe there was something to, to the locations, because I think Graham puts that forward when he talks about all these other ancient civilizations around the world. Yeah. They may share something, something right. unknown to us today. Or, then I was thinking about this the other day, what if, like, what if what we're finding isn't anything? Like, it's just, like, we, we, we try to put this special meaning to stuff, but what if it's just their garbage, their landfills that we're just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that we're just digging up. We find a page of this book, and we're like, oh, this is some special text. Certainly no, a possibility. It was, it was a toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah, to them. It, it, it's nothing. So I think, I don't know. I think a lot of this stuff is like taken, possibly taken, possibly way taken. too seriously. That's just my little, little. I was thinking about it the other day. Yeah, I, I mean, kind of interesting it's, thought. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely. I mean, we have no idea. Yeah. So it could be taken any way, but it's unknown. So I guess we sh- we you know put more to it than there, right, right. than there could be, but maybe there isn't. Exactly. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that's part of the fun is not knowing. Trying well, to figure know, it out. Damn it! Tell me. <laughs> uh, if I don't know, I'm just gonna. I've got a couple listed here. If for the listeners, if they were curious to know about some of these other mounds, so obviously yeah. I've mentioned the Cahokia mounds uh, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. There used to be uh, a mound called the Cityco Mound. This is just what we call them now, by the way. There's some old pictures you can find. Google image at Cityco Mound. It was actually used, I think, in the Civil War. They put munitions on top of it. But that mound has been obliterated, like most of these mounds, during westward expansion. As we were moving west and everything was being gobbled up for farmland, they would knock all these things down and they disappeared. We have no idea now. Anyway, if you go to Ohio, there's also Serpent Mound, which is very well known huge shape like a serpent just as the name implies um uh there's one now that's underwater uh reading dwight's book called mig's line there's uh used to be an island that's now under teleco lake it's called bustle island there was a mound there he talks about it in his book they were following mig's line there was a burial mound there we know again some of these were burial mounds and that's uh, just basically right outside of lenore city tennessee then, of course, there's another famous one. It's called Moundville, which is in Alabama. And then there's uh, Etowah, uh, Indian Mounds in Georgia, which I wish I had known because I just passed right by them on my way back up last weekend. I would have stopped in and checked them out. And then uh, the aforementioned Nakuchi Indian Mound, which is just outside of Athens. What was that last one? Nakuchi. Okay. And so it, uh, the ones that are not burial mounds have they ever dug into these things poked around i think so and nothing's come of it pottery I honestly I don't, I don't know a lot about pottery. that stuff shards of pottery possibly okay. garbage that they yeah. just threw out yeah yeah uh yeah if you get the chance i think there's they still do uh excavations at cahokia uh, and I think you can actually volunteer. So like we okay, yeah. And go up there and they just will basically have a whole section 
that they're excavating at that time and then you can go in and see if you can find stuff because there's a museum there that I didn't get to go into because it was closed that day and it had a lot of that stuff in it that they've dug up in those in those mounds but I think that stuff's just absolutely fascinating yeah and I would encourage people to read America before because he talks about Cahokia and a lot of other um, mounds and civilizations have you ever thought about volunteering yourself well, it's in St. Louis, and that's you know about ten hours away. So, oh, it's not like just like a pigeon forge mining. You can just go up there and poke around a little. You gotta I like volunteer so. for like weeks or something at a time. I think you have to pay too. Oh, I think you have to pay them to volunteer. And hmm. I was like, to hell with that. Yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, you pay I, me. I'm the one digging in the exactly. dirt here. Right? Yeah, you can go online find what you're looking for. And w- and if I found something, would I give it to them or keep it? That. Probably keep it. Yeah, that's cool. That's to find some cool shit. Yeah, you know, little, little keepsake, <laughs> like Andy Dufresne just emptying your pockets out in the <laughs> in the car like on your way home. Yeah, I wouldn't keep it. I'm just joking. I would. I would keep it. Yeah, pockets full of that stuff. I mean, you've seen one. You've seen them all, really. Especially well, if you found shirts. Is that what they're called? Yeah, but what if you found like because they have statues, like little figurines and stuff. Yeah. You found one of those. I'm keeping that shit. Yeah. Absolutely. So then you start then that and then you start getting like, you know, skinwalker ranch type stuff going on. Maybe. Like if there's you know, it's it's kind of got a jinx on it. Yeah. A hex. <laughs> Be terribly hexed. That's good. Thank you. Terribly. Terribly hexed. Thank you. Oh man. So yeah. Definitely a connection there. I, I thought I saw. Come on, man! I've been. I know what I'm saying. You got all the all the good facts. Like this is again. This is your like. This is what gets you rock hard. <laughs> talking about <laughs> this kind of thing. I'm learning. Why don't we all as care? We my question is: Why don't we all care about it? Why don't you care about it? I don't not care about it. I just haven't looked in. It's like it's that classic thing of like. Ooh. What. We're gonna take a little t- a little field trip down there to the to the stone. I wall. do want to do that. You want to see? I it. definitely want to see that. I'll take a piece of that wall. I took a piece of this carbonated wall. I still have that. Did you? Yeah. You know when he's Where's talking about the Robert Frost poem with the oak tree at the top of the hill. Yeah. It's in Ohio as well. It is, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Up there near um near near the Great Lakes. It's up. It's way north up there. Right. <laughs> and a Dufresne. It's a private so you farm. Got, yeah. So you you don't want to do that. You also. But I did do it. I ran out there and I grabbed a piece of that wall. Yeah. Shh. Where's it at now? It's hidden, tucked away. Okay. <laughs> You're, all right. What was I gonna say? Oh, you also speaking of uh, Shawshank and you meeting people. Did you or did you not meet Bob Gunton? The warden. the warden? Yeah. No. You didn't? No. I swear to God, I thought you did. Nah, I wanted to. Remember, I, I think I sent well, that we to you. We all wanted to. Well, they had like an open house type situation with the prison, and they were going to do a meet and greet kind of a thing, and they have like a reunion thing every- I swear you told me it was at some church that somebody you knew that he went to. What am I thinking of? I have no idea. All right. Well, I didn't meet him, though, but they did have a meet and greet yeah. up there. You know, well, 
where you could go in and they had signings. They had several of the actors from the movie. He wasn't the only one. The first year that they did it was like the 20 year, 25 or something. And I think he was like one of the only people there. And then they've got other actors over over the time. And I would like to have gone up there because I've been to the prison too. So we're getting way off. Mr. Rock and Roll. But he was there. Could have been. Had to be. But uh, no, no Tim Robbins. Yeah, I no Morgan expect, Freeman. I wouldn't expect those two to be there. They're not going to be there. No. Well, okay, that was a good little side note. <laughs> we're still in Ohio, though, technically. <laughs> right, where Serpent Bound is located. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, something else that, just because I'm going to go through the bullet points here, something else that uh, Dwight mentioned in the interview when we were talking to him about the Moon Eyes um so uh prince mad dog was welsh and in the smokies you have a welch ridge and he theorized that it was just a slight change in the spelling and he also showed us drawings or carvings Mm -hmm. that were done on rocks and i think those rocks could be located i don't want to give a location because he found them i don't know exactly where there are i just know they're somewhere in fontana lake and he showed us the pictures of them, and he theorized that Welch Ridge could actually be named from Welsh. It, mm-hmm. It's a slight change, perhaps, over the over the eons had been changed to Welch from Welsh, yeah. which he thought may have been also from the Prince Mad Dog story. Did you post those pictures, too, when you posted the interview? Yes. So yes. Might, okay. I did. Uh, so I don't there. think I really we really got good pictures of the of the stones. That's what I mean. That's what I'm. Okay, no. I didn't. I remember you posted multiple pictures of the interview on there, but I wish we had actually been able to talk to him further about that. We didn't get real deep into what the what he thought the carvings meant, and I want to say that he had actually talked to somebody, uh, you know, a universe like a professor, somebody that in the know. Yeah. Uh, but that they were actually attributed to the. To the Welsh or the English or ancient, um, yeah, yeah. It, so again, we didn't go into that, but there we did see the pictures that he took of them, and they're fascinating to look at. And yeah. again, don't know who exactly who did them, why, what they mean, but uh, for whatever reason, it seems to think that they're attributed to the um, to Europeans. So specifically, the Brits, the Welsh. Just interesting that you do have a Welch Ridge in the Smoky Mountains. Yeah, definitely. Are you going to get into, do you have something you're going through right now? As far as another I theory, were you going to, I thought, thought this was kind of leading into the, the old Kuna people. Or were you, is, that, is that too far ahead? I don't think so. I think you should definitely talk about well, the Kuna people. Because you actually know more about the Kunas than I do. Well, I really don't. It's just a race of people down in, uh, in Panama <laughs> that were also short and they had a very high rate of albinism. Yeah, okay. And they said that they could have... Uh, Which is always, when we come back to the moon eyes, they're always being called, uh, in a lot of cases, albinos. They mm-hmm. were some sort of albinos. Yeah, and there was a guy who wrote a book. I had something, was it Wafer? Wafer? Of course, I don't have it right here. But he he spent time with them down there in Panama, and he was saying that uh, Lionel Wafer. Lionel, yes, yes, yes. And he said uh, he was a Welsh explorer. Was, 
Yeah, and they were thinking they could possibly be ancestors of the Kuna people, the Moonai people. Yeah, that shows up. Uh, there's like constant, like you know, people thinking. It even goes back with the the, the letter that I've got there of Thomas Jefferson, where he's writing to mm-hmm. somebody, and this would have been uh, Meriwether Lewis of Lewis and Clark. He kind of suggested that they should be on the lookout for them when they went west. Is basically what was going yeah. on there. And who's this guy? Which guy? Thomas Jefferson. Tommy Je- TJ. The. Yep. That's the one. Thomas Jefferson. Who was responsible for basically the whole um, Lewis and Clark expedition? Right. He theorized there could be all kinds of crazy stuff going on out west that we didn't know about. Even I think like uh, not dinosaurs, but like woolly mammoths and stuff. He thought maybe those things still existed out there. Hmm. We just we just didn't know at that time. What a what a time to be alive. Those were, you know that could that Age could have been discovery. real back then. You know. Yep. Everything's it's all boring now. Was it the age of enlightenment when they really prized knowledge? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and he was like a, you know, an early archaeologist himself. He yeah. loved uh, archaeology. Yeah. And had a collection of things, if I'm not mistaken. I've been to his house, but uh, at the time I was a stupid teenager and didn't give a shit about any of that stuff. <laughs> but I'd love to go back now, I tell you. Yeah. I'd really enjoy it. Is he the one that's up there at uh, Klingman's Dome area? That whole monument up there? Is that Thomas Jefferson or am I way off? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> it's that the pass. You're going over the pass over like you're going to go to Cherokee Casino. You, have to, you can pass that there. There's a whole monument, a very tight Appalachian Trail starts right there, too. Yeah, that has nothing to do with him. Who is it? It's not to anybody specifically. It's just uh, no, about the park. No. It's, uh, it's Somebody gave a speech there. FDR. Okay, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody gave it. Yeah, it has nothing right. to do with I wish I didn't bring that up. <laughs> no, it has but, nothing to uh, do with... I don't. I can't remember what it says, but it just has to do with the commemoration of the park when they opened it in the nineteen uh, thirties. Okay. See, I've only been there once, as far as I know, maybe twice. Jesus, and I think and one just, of those would be with me, yeah. just like last fall, right? Or no, was it last fall? Yeah, yeah, we stayed up there. Yeah, yeah, we did the. Yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> you yeah. that this is. I think this this episode is going to be record me making an ass out of myself. It could be. Yeah, started off strong. Hey, where's a, that letter at? I'm just going to read a little, a couple of bits from it, since yeah. I just happened to mention it. Yeah. So but again, you up. see this all all over the place where they're kind of talking about like, you know, thinking that um, the Moon Eyes, you know, may have been the the Welsh people, and then at some point they. Uh, kind of like the lost colony of Roanoke. Can I bring that one up now? It's a big one. It's a big one, too. We should definitely yeah. do an episode, because I just finished a book on that one uh, not too long ago. God, I got to start reading more books about this stuff. Uh, dude, I'm sucking them down, man. I love this shit so much. Uh, it gives my life meaning and purpose. And so um, the the thing about that one was is that the, the colony disappeared, and they probably just... Uh, went off with uh, a tribe that lived out there in the in the Outer Banks. You know, they acclimated to their society, and then they interbred with them, and then they just eventually, because there were reports of Indians with blue eyes there as well, traits that would have been traditionally European, and they, uh, you know, just sort of absorbed them. But when they came back, they had disappeared. The colony had disappeared. That's probably what happened with the... Uh, the uh, the Welsh, 
the moon eyes if these are all the same people right they were they were interbreeding with uh, native peoples uh, because we also see lots of uh, different tribes attributed to having similar characteristics. Mm-hmm. Blue eyes. One one of those groups is called the Mandans. Did you see anything about the Mandans? I no. I, I mean yes, but not enough to say anything. But everybody's of got any help. Yeah, everybody's got everybody's got their own little got their own little theories, and there's lots yeah. of different uh, Native American tribes that they say may have been the Moon Eyes. Uh, but again, no fact, all speculation. Anyway, just real quick to get this letter out of the way. Yeah. This is the one from FDR2. No, Ooh. there's no FDR. This oh, was okay. many, many hundreds of years before FDR okay. was alive. All right. This is Thomas Jefferson to Meriwether Lewis. This is the 22nd of January, 1804. I'm not going to read the whole letter, but uh, just an excerpt from it which is talking about these mysterious people. He said, I sent you some extracts made by myself from the journal of an agent of the trading company of St. Louis up the Missouri. I now enclose a translation of that journal in full for your information. In that of the 13th, I enclosed you the map of a Mr. Evans, a Welshman employed by the Spanish government for that purpose but whose original object, I believe, had been to go in search of the Welsh Indians, said to be up the Missouri. So the letter's a little bit longer. You can find that online. Mm-hmm. It was they, originally an email. Right. Yeah. I think it was a text. No. It was just a no. long text, yeah. Yeah. Those ones that come through in like eight different texts out of order. Yeah. Yeah. And they had to piece it together. Mm-hmm. Real pain. Pain in the ass, man. <sighs> shuffling papers, shuffling yeah. papers. Sorry about that. Got a lot of them here. But um, so it's just fascinating. Uh, I bring up that letter right now, but there's also, as we go along here, I'll get into the books that we will list in the description of, of the podcast story notes. That's what they're called, right? I think so. Losing my train of thought here. Yeah. Uh, show I'll, notes. Show notes. I'll put all the we'll put all the books in there for you so you can go and find these books because I think they're archived. A lot of them are archived, mm-hmm. and you can find them yourselves and read all this information for yourself. Read them with your eyes. Wow. Okay. Or you know maybe you can find some audio books. There we go. I do audio books as well. Love audio books. I've got one going all the time. Do you Did have any you more information about those Kuna people? Because no, I mean that's really all that I. It's just that saw. they had it's some weird a, traits, and they were it's very similar in description to the Moonite people. That's weird because yeah. you know they were driven out. So where did they go? Right. Right. All the stories, all the myths, all the legends say that they were driven out by the Cherokee and the Creek, and that they went west. And some heard instances. it was the. Sorry to interrupt. The, the Creek began the driving out. Cherokee finished the job, right? Right. That's, the, that's I think been so. the overall, yeah. Yeah, because the creek were here first. Right, right. There's a constant sort of a thing in history where one people are living here peaceful, and they're like, hey, this is a great place, and here comes another group of people, you know. I get I mean, I've heard that once or twice in the yeah. human race. Something, I don't know. It's it a thing. It sucks, but it happens occasionally. It's a thing. And yeah, there were, what were there, five of the first civilized Indian tribes, and then what? What they were, my people, Cherokee people. 
Cherokee's one of them. Choctaw. I don't know the rest. Creek, Chickasaw, Seminole. Got it. How do you know them? Learned it. They're in your notes. For this. Not on this one. I'll be done. Yeah, that's just all in the head. So, yeah. Um, we had already mentioned John Severe, too, right? Not yet. We haven't? Nope. I thought you mentioned him earlier. I, we, I think we were just talking about it, but it wasn't on this. I'm just going to start going into that a little bit right now, if you don't mind. Yeah. Just kind of talking about the different people that uh, where, they're, where they're mentioned in different ways. So, like in 1810, John Severe, the first governor of Tennessee, wrote to his friend Major Amos Stoddard about a conversation he had in 1782, uh, 30 years before, with the old Cherokee chief, Akonanosto. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. It just goes on and on. Yeah. I'm butchering it. What is it? Let's see. I have it written down right here. Looks like it is Akonastota. Akonastota. That sounds good. I like it. Yeah. Concerning ancient fortifications built along the Alabama River, which I guess these are gone now. Okay. This is another example. Like Graham Hancock brings up in his book, these things were all wiped out, so all of that history is gone. Right? We have mm-hmm. no idea. The chief allegedly told him that the forts were built by white people called the Welsh. Okay, this is uh, 1782 when this conversation happens. As protection against the ancestors of the Cherokee who eventually drove them from the region. Severe had also written in 1799 of the alleged discovery of six skeletons in brass armor bearing the Welsh coat of arms. This is getting weird. And this ain't in I your textbooks. I didn't see that one. This ain't in your history books. He claims that old Mad Dog and the Welsh were first in Alabama. The earliest recorded mention of them appears to be uh, in Benjamin Smith Barton's 1797 book, which we'll get to in just a minute. Okay. Uh, New views of the origin of tribes and nations of America, citing the authority of Colonel Leonard Marbury. Mm -hmm. Barton wrote that the Cherokee tell us that when the first arrived in the country, which they inhabit this uh, region, they found it possessed by certain moon-eyed people, their words, who could not see in the daytime. These wretches they expelled, end quote. Yeah. Fascinating. It really is. And that was 1797. Yeah, that was in his book, but uh, right. this conversation that he was having goes to 1782. Okay. And he well, see, counts uh, it in 1810. Okay. You said 1782? Yes. With Akonastota? Yes. Okay. See, because it, it's... it's Akonastota? Akon- Jeez. I don't I'm know. so it's, sorry. Uh, We're going to butcher these. I mean, they're tough names. Yeah. Yeah. I just I mean, wish... See, know. I mean, you got that wrong. I got, you know, Roosevelt and Jefferson mixed up a little bit. It happens. A few it's hundred years. common mistakes common. that people make. And Speaking of common mistake, you said it was 1782. Uh, in my research, it was 1783. No big deal. Go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. Uh, I guess maybe this would be a good time then to just kind of go to his um, book and, and just uh, pull that uh, excerpt out. Is this Benjamin Smith Barton? Yes. Okay. Okay, so uh, this is uh, from New Views of the Origins of Tribes and Nations of America. And this, uh, some of the dates vary when I see that they were, when they were published. This is 1798. 
uh, is when that book, excuse me, I guess that's when the book, is that when the book came out or when it was published? Because there's the date included some of the titles. I'm sorry, I apologize. I can't 1797 or 1798. Close. It's all in the same time yeah. period. Uh, okay, so I'm just going to read a few of these because it's mentioned a couple of times. So the Cherokee are divided into the upper and or overhill Cherokee, the lower Cherokee. The former call themselves Chilake. Okay, and so I pulled these quotes directly from the book. They spelled things a little differently back 300 years ago. They do not pronounce the letter R at all. The latter call themselves, uh, it says Cherak. Or Cherake. Yeah. You've seen that, I yep. guess, in some of your notes. That's, what, uh, that's the quote from uh, Leonard. Uh, the Cherokee, but it's spelled Cherake. Yeah. yeah. It, they used it from probably his book or somebody else's yeah. book that was you know, spelled that way or whatever. Yeah. Um, it says, the Cherake tell us that when they arrived in the country which they inhabit, they found it, again, possessed by a certain moon-eyed people who could not see in the daytime, these wretches they expelled. This curious, oh man, was communicated to me by Colonel Marbury, very intelligent gentleman, who has put me, oh gosh, I should have changed these because Uh-oh. they're, <laughs> the way that this they. Is, is this going to be the beginning of the audio book? Uh, it could be, Just yeah. Go ahead and start reading it. Do you have the? Um, no, no, I'm just. Oh, I, I thought just, you had the. I was uh, trying to trying to help you out, but the one I have is not what you have. The Moonite people, far. driven away by the Cherokee, were the ancestors of albinos who inhabited the something 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 of whom Lionel Wafer has given us an account. By this, as it may, it is certain that the albino variety of mankind is often continued for a very long time. I'm not exactly sure what that means. I read it just as it was written. They wrote a different way back in those days. Yeah. And I was reading the direct quote from the book. You may want to go look that up yourself. Yeah. It's you know, sometimes you get you can get into trouble these days quoting without saying you're quoting. <laughs> right. You know, with certain language and verbiage. There's gonna be some quoting right now. Yeah. Uh from various sources. Not my words, theirs. Yes. So anyway. From a little while ago. Yeah few years back yeah so yeah you did mention the which that one? uh just that that book um but another uh, popular source if you're talking about the moon eyes is james mooney and his book as well and what's in that one there's there's a quite a bit of information his is much more recent he passed away in 1921 and, and the book was published in um, 1902, and it was called Myths of the Cherokee. And yeah, so, I, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm, I have my whole list of books, but for the life of me, I can't find included. that one. Why is it not right there? Dude, there's so many. There's so many of these books uh, that actually talk about them. Man. And if you remember like four or five months ago, when I was talking about the, when I first started making that Google Doc on the Moon yeah. Eyes, this would ultimately be our notes for the show, some of them anyway. I found a book that was talking about giants too, which we'll no doubt do an episode about because that was fascinating. That's good All stuff. the different skulls and the lengths of the femurs that they were finding yeah. in these mounds. Uh, that's something you certainly don't see in the uh, textbooks. Yeah, definitely not. 
and your public education. Then you also, I don't know, some of those are, you know, pawned off as fakeries, hoaxes. Possibly. Possibly. Which, I don't know. So Who knows? James Mooney, Mists of the Cherokee. Got it right here. Go. Well, I guess I could read a couple <laughs> of quotes from it, couldn't I? There we go. Because um, I have a few. So you got Mists of the Cherokee, uh, 1902, James Mooney. Uh, real quick, just to give you, and I think I have it here. Yes. I did some good with my notes there last time. James Mooney uh, was an American ethnographer who lived for several years with the Cherokee. He was known as the Indian Man. He conducted major studies of southeastern Indians as well as the tribes of the Great Plains. His most notable works were his ethnographic studies of the ghost dance after Sitting Bull's death in 1890, which was widespread which was a widespread 19th century religious movement among various Native American culture groups and his works on the Cherokee, The Sacred Formulas of the Cherokee, 1891, and The Myths of the Cherokee, 1902, all published by the U.S. Bureau of American Ethnology within the Smithsonian Institution. So just to give you a little, little uh, background information on Mr. Mooney there. What are your thoughts on the Smithsonian, particularly back in this era? Have you heard? Did you hear, come across any, any of that? So Manifest Destiny and all that stuff? Uh, I know that Manifest Destiny, Destiny was a bunch of bullshit. Yes, but apparently the Smithsonian <laughs> outright, back then, I don't know their views these days, I'm sure they've changed, but back then, during I should all hope so. this, they said they would outright deny any information brought forward that disproved manifest, manifest destiny. destiny oh my gosh and that's the smithsonian Jeez. so who knows what has been lost to them and i guess just uh so i'm fully understanding what i think it was it was that it was our destiny to get this i say mm-hmm. our no, i'm conflicted i have both sides of it the was something along the lines of anything that showed that the locals were not savages and yeah, because we we did some not great things to right. the locals when we showed up. So yeah, yeah. But also, it had to do with us uh, or the Europeans. Like, oh, this is ours now because we found it and we deserve it. Wasn't there some of that in that manifest destiny, though? Yeah, I guess got the, the definition right here. The nineteenth century. Let me try it one more time. The nineteenth century doctrine or belief that the expansion of the U.S. throughout the American continents was both justified and inevitable. Right. So, I, I get the inevitable part when a new people find a place and they're like, "Hey, this shit's great. They got everything over here. Let's take it all." Yeah. Justified. I mean, I think there's a nice way to do it, right? There should have been. (laughs) Wasn't exactly the case, though, huh? Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, I was going to read just a little bit from his book while I have it here. If you want me to go for that. Go for it. Uh, So here's a quote from his book. Although, uh, this is a really, really, uh, there's there's a lot in this. Okay, so although... As as has been noted, Haywood expresses the opinion. We'll talk about him here in just a minute. I think he's somewhere in the other notes. He's another author, perhaps. Opinion that the invading Cherokee had overrun and exterminated the earlier inhabitants, he says in another place, on half-breed authority. 
Okay, again, we're lo- we're reading from these old books, the terminology. Why are you winking? <laughs> Half-breed authority. That the newcomers found no Indians upon the waters of the Tennessee, with the exception of some creeks living upon that river near the mouth of the Hawassi. The main body of the tribe being established upon and claiming all the streams to the southward. There is considerable evidence that the creeks preceded the Cherokee, and within the last century they still claimed the Tennessee, or at least the Tennessee watershed, from their northern boundary. So we're just kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier. The creeks were here first, Cherokee came in later. The grand uh, scheme of things here. Uh, okay, so next, next quote, uh, passage from his book. Mm-hmm. There is a dim but persistent tradition of a strange white race preceding the Cherokee, some of the stories even going so far as to locate their former settlements and to identify them as the authors of the ancient works found in the country, uh, this region. The earliest reference appears to be that of Barton's book of 1797 we were just talking about, and the statement of gentlemen whom he quotes as a valuable authority upon the southern tribes. The Cherokee tell us that when they first arrived in the country that they inhabit, they found it possessed by a certain moon-eyed people who could not see in the daytime. He seems to consider them an albino race. Haywood, 26 years later, says that the invading Cherokee found white people near the head of the Little Tennessee, with forts extending thence down the Tennessee as far as the Chickamauga Creek. He gives the location of three of these forts. The Cherokee made war against them and drove them to the mouth of the Big Chickamauga Creek, where they entered into a treaty and agreed to remove... uh, Agreed to... Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Agreed to remove, if permitted, to depart in peace. I swear I'm reading that directly from the book. Permission being granted, they abandoned the country. Elsewhere he speaks of this white race as having extended into Kentucky and probably also into western Tennessee. According to the concurrent traditions of the different tribes, he describes their houses on what authority is not stated as having been small circular structures of upright logs covered with earth which had been dug out from the inside. Fascinating. Yeah. And that that was from the that was Haywood. Correct? Uh, wrong, yeah. yeah, but that was from James Mooney's book. Right, right. But he's quoting Haywood. Right. Okay. Yeah. I was just making sure I was following correctly. And I, mean, I think I have one more uh, passage from that book, if you'd like me to read that one as well. Since I've got it out here mm-hmm. and I've printed all these darn notes. Uh, Harry Smith, a half-breed. There's that word again. Just Come on, man. Not the nicest way to God. say it. Uh, born about 1815, father of the late chief of the Eastern Cherokee, informed the author that when a, when a boy, he had been told by an old woman a tradition of a race of very small people. There's the small part. So we've seen them described numerous ways. Uh, small people, perfectly white, who once came and lived for some time on a site of the ancient mound on the northern side of the Hawassi at the mouth of the Peachtree Creek. I don't know if it's still called that today. We know where the Hawassi is. Yeah. A few miles above the present city of Murphy, North Carolina. They afterward removed to the west. Colonel Thomas, the white chief of the East Cherokee, born about the beginning of the century, had also heard of a tradition of another race of people who lived on Hawassi 
opposite the present Murphy, and warned the Cherokee that they must not attempt to cross over the south side of the river or the great leech in the water would swallow them. believe that is the serpent, red-eyed snake monster. Same serpent. story you were talking about earlier. Yes. The two stories are plainly the same, although told independently and many miles apart. So this is like confirmation. There we go. In a way. So, yeah, they had ru- it had ruby eyes. I just saw that. I found my note on that. It had ruby eyes. So this thing actually existed. They say. But it's uh, odd that. It, well, you can see why the, the, a lot of stuff's not around anymore. So. Leech serpent, you know, it still works. Mm-hmm. As far as like sort of confirmation and as to what was you know. Yeah. The similarities there. Let me ask you this: Would you rather go via? Serpent or leech? Like a giant leech? Mm-hmm. And if you had to get get got by one of those things, what what do you think? Serpent would probably be quicker. That's what I'm thinking too. Faster. Yeah. So fair enough. Yeah. I'm glad we're on the same page there. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I was hoping you know I was gonna spawn another conversation. It it didn't, obviously. I mean, well it can. Well, Go. What are we? What are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Just go ahead. Or we go ahead. Well, you go ahead. You got I, lots of notes over there. but you're going with these passages. You're doing so well. These are so interesting too. I'm learning now. Are you? Like, I'm, it's like I'm listening to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> you're, not, you're, not, you're not even uh, participating anymore. You're um, just gonna. Yeah, I got my earbuds. I'm gonna put the earbuds and just listen to you. Well, okay, so if we're talking about, uh, this is just as good a time as any, since I'm bringing up uh, the books, and I've got all of these sort of uh, listed out here, I'll just pop over to the next one that I have. Okay. Uh, which, you know, I didn't I didn't send these to you. I just kept all these and printed them out as I was going. I was kind of in a hurry. So uh, here's another example. Uh, let me see here real quick. Let me pop over to this one. This is the Haywood guy we were just talking about. Good job, Josh. I do have that one. I wasn't sure at first. Talking, going right back to Shawshank. Go ahead. The natural and aboriginal history of Tennessee up to the first settlements therein by the white people in the year 1768 by John Haywood. And here, here's a few passages from that text if you'd like to like to hear them. Go for it. Okay. Uh, okay. Another tribe of Indians came from the neighborhood of Charleston in South Carolina and settled themselves uh, down the Tennessee. The Carolina tribe called themselves the Catawacus <laughs> and came last <laughs> into the country. The Cherokees found white people near the lead of the Little Tennessee who had forts from thence down the Tennessee River to the mouth of the Chickamauga. They had a fort at a place called, it looks like, Pumpkin Town. Sounds pretty cool. It does. Sounds real cool. <laughs> one at Fox Taylor's Reserve near Hamilton Courthouse and one on the Big Chickamauga about 20 miles above its mouth. The Cherokees waged war against them and drove them to the mouth of the Big Chickamauga when she talks about the other one where they entered into a treaty by which they agreed to depart the country if the Cherokees would permit them to do so. So this is, again, just uh, 
the actual source of what the other guy was talking about, old Benjamin Smith Barton there, I guess, right? Yeah. Uh, the ancient inhabitants, they said, were white and possessed arts. This is interesting. Listen to this. Arts unknown to the Native Native peoples. Cornstock, as a person, told Colonel McKee that it was a current and it was a current and assured condition that the Kentucky and Ohio had once been settled by white people, possessed of arts, not understood by the Indians. Um, mm. And it, this kind of goes into their uh possible weapons and their tools like their implements that they use for um cooking and things like that the cherokee found white people near the lead okay so this just goes back into the same thing sorry Hmm. so again that's from the natural and aboriginal history of tennessee by john haywood and you can find that uh online to read and I think there are actually a lot more quotes in that book talking about the Moonite people or this mysterious group of white people that lived in the area. Yeah. You said you got all these books. They they are e- ebook available. Yeah, they're like archived, you know. Right. So that, okay. Where you can go and just, uh, you can actually do the word searches too. So just search Moonite mm-hmm. or uh, white people. And all of that will come up. Those passages will be highlighted, and you can go through and read for them yourself. Well, I sure wish I did that. <laughs> looking like a damn fool. Well, I just, I kept, uh, and if you get, like, I was looking originally at the, just to sort of get a basic description of what the Moon-Eyed people were f- for this podcast, if you you know at the bottom of the Wikipedia page, there was a whole bunch of like books listed where yeah. they pulled their sources as they do, right? And a lot of these were there, but some of them weren't. So kind of reading up on one thing, not necessarily about the Moonite people, but mysterious white people inhabiting certain areas of the Southeast, led to to other sources. You see, right? So you actually like research properly. So yeah. you're telling me, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I got for you months because there was a long time where we, you know, <laughs> yeah, I know. And all then the past right. few weeks, definitely. But I'm reading this stuff all the time anyway. That's see, I guess what led us to the podcast. I think so. So I'm gonna fish. <laughs> Never mind. Go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna go and look uh, into it. We've got okay. So I've just got three more right now, and these are. Just with various passages. Should I read them now, or should we? Yeah, read them. Okay. I mean, I don't. Do you have any other info other than like what's there? I mean, I mean, you know, like these that these quotes would yeah, supplement. I don't know. Well, uh, uh, I did kind of want to talk more about the Mandan tribe, which I think they were sort of um, they moved west. I think they were over here you know, in the Southeast and that they could have possibly been one of the other groups of people. You know, you mentioned the Kuna people, yeah. uh, but they, they were known to have blue eyes. But again, we lost a lot of that with, the, with the Mandans and information about who they were and where they came from, uh, because of smallpox. So an, a pandemic uh, wiped out a good portion of the population. The Mandan population uh, in the early 18th century was about 3,600. Uh, but prior to that, 
uh, in the 1780s is when the pandemic happened and uh, wiped out, you know, a good portion of their population. I think they were in the 15,000 range. So 15,000 to about 3,500. You know, that's the old white guys again. Right. They're bullshit. That's, well, there you go. I was going to try to be nicer about it, but there you go. Can't really, can't really do it, you know. Gee, about this, uh, oh, what's it, uh, the, the, the painter George Catlin depicting the Mandans? Huh. Dep- depicted them as uh, short white people. Hmm. So it's, it's also in some art. Yeah, and you can see pictures of them, George too. Catlin, yeah. He was also saying that they are descendants of Mad Dog and, you know, go from there. Welsh. Yep. Welsh descendants. Yep. So, like, they seem to be sort of like the best uh, possibility, I guess, from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Even though others were attributed to them. I can't remember what some of the other tribes were, but uh, I've seen others mentioned. But the Mandan, and I think the Mandan is even mentioned on the Wikipedia page, as being the most plausible. Yeah. But when you see pictures uh, of them, their character, like their facial features, uh, nothing really seems to be out of the ordinary as to what is described in other, you know, talking about just the moon eyes specifically. Mm -hmm. They don't have like pale skin and they, of course, the photos are black and white. They don't really, you can't tell if they have blue eyes or not. Uh, I assume they do as they're described that way, but I don't know. Could be. You never know. You never know. Um, so yeah. All right. So you got some more uh some more quotes going on there? <laughs> do you have any, more importantly, do you have any quotes concerning aliens? I don't think so. All right. I'll save that for another Awesome. Justin's final thought. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, it's this episode, it's coming up soon, so Ugh. stay tuned. Sorry about that, by the way. Nah, don't be. You're fine. Not you, every, everybody. That well, me too. I had to listen to it as well. happened to be listening to this. That was embarrassing. It's okay. Gotta leave it in, though, you know? Yeah, yeah. Can't edit yourself. So, uh, just real quick, uh, a couple more of the books, if you're interested. Here's History of the United States Before the Revolution by Ezekiel Sanford. This is 1819. Again, we're just talking about all of these various sources, okay, that uh, talk about these mysterious people that were in the area. In 1775, the Cherokees dwelt chiefly upon the headwaters of the Savannah, the Catahoochee, the Alabama, the Tennessee, and the Cumberland Rivers. They have a tradition that came from the West and exterminated a certain moon-eyed people. Their territory was about 140 miles broad from east to west and extended from 34th to nearly 36th degree of north latitude. So this is kind of interesting. It gives a specific, you know, sort of uh, location as to where these people were located. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, he really just sort of describes, uh, you know, the area here. They divided into the lower and upper. About the beginning of the last century, they had 64 populous towns and could command more than 6,000 warriors. 50 years afterwards, their towns were probably reduced to 30, for their warriors did not exceed 3,000. I'm not exactly sure who he's talking about there. I have completely have no idea. That can't be the Moon Eyes, or this mysterious group of albino Welsh people. 
Is he talking about the Cherokee? I don't know. Yeah, who knows? It seems like because not the, the Cherokee have seemed to be new, doing nothing but causing a ruckus, especially back then. Just everybody, they were just they were up everybody's ass for some reason. Well, they moved into the area. They said, "Hey, this is real nice. Let's That's take." True. I guess you got a point there. So, yeah, that's, uh, and one of the last books that I sent you was the Welsh Folk Tales by Peter Stevenson, 2017. And I will not uh, go into that one, but it's basically just talking about the Prince Madoc, Madoc, and I think uh, Dwight even said Modoc. I've seen that too. He did say Modoc, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Mad Dog story is in that book. And basically, it's just a very short tale as they're talking about it. So if you're interested to see that. But again, all the dates are listed there, 1170. There's lots of wars going on. So they decided to hightail it out of there. And hey, let's go find some place that's relaxing and calm. And we can just chill out, you know. And they came here, supposedly. And that's, that's what happened. They chilled. Until they got their asses handed to them. (laughs) Exactly. But I'm kind of curious as to like the time frame of, okay, so they come here 1170, or they left 1170, they go to Mobile Bay, supposedly, and then they work their way north. How long did that take, right? So if they're just Welsh people, I mean, how long before they were up here and being attacked by the creek and then later by the Cherokee? I mean, was that 50 years? Was that 100 years? Had they already intermingled with other, you know, native people? Had to. Had to, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, makes sense. Because that's a pretty good distance, even today, if you're thinking about traveling uh, by foot. Yeah. This was before, you know, sidewalks. You were doing some wild country. Some hiking. Some wild country, man. Yeah. Pristine. But uh, then you imagine that you're going walking along and then all of a sudden you see this giant snake with ruby eyes and all hell breaks loose. Be great. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't happen anymore. No, no, that kind of thing doesn't happen. That's all. And real quick, last book, just because we're here and I have it. Historical Collections of South Carolina by B.R. Carroll, 1836. So again, we've got all this stuff, man. I don't have that one. You don't have that one? No. I think so. And yeah, let's just uh, trying to read through it here. A lot of this information is the same. Are they or have they just simply gone into the older books and pulled the information maybe uh but you do have unique um little tidbits in each one of these that always tend to say something just a little bit different yeah descriptions could be slightly different speaking of did you see the uh stacy mccain i was i believe it was an article in some news hold on i got it, it was, this is just on the basic on the wiki page uh, in the Rome Tribune in 2008, she wrote an article. She also had a an article called in 1994 called "Whites Built the Mystery of Fort Mountain, but not the Wall." Mm. She's saying that uh, before 
the whites started talking about these moon-eyed people and all that, that the Cherokee never mentioned any type of odd description or anything like that. That we kind of just created that. Cherokee took it, ran with it, and here we are. I did not see that. Two jokers yapping. Two jokers. <laughs> but that could be the case also. Yeah. Who knows? So I don't know. That's, I don't know. There we go. I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's always a possibility as well. Yeah. Just a couple of goofballs. That's us, man. Talking into a mic. Just nobody listening. Me. Nobody gives a shit. Making an ass of myself every week. So they said Spe- whites, just who who made the wall? Or whites built the legend, but not the actual wall itself. Oh. Right. But it's weird because, uh, again, everything I've seen, the Cherokee, and uh, as far as I know, the Creek, don't claim it. So. I know. Again, you have this sort of, you know, conflicting who did it, why, why aren't these people if, why aren't they claiming it? Why not, you know, it just seems like you would sort of take that, you know. and That was before, you know, all the stolen shit, valor. Shit hit the fan, Yeah, right? nobody did that back then. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it is strange though, you know. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll do a little field trip down there and check out this wall. Like I said, I've been there twice, uh, but you haven't been there yet. So you've you've you've, you've touched the wall. What's yeah. left of it? Yeah, I've walked around it. Hmm. And again, that's just hmm. outside of well, runs parallel to the mountain. Uh, does Chatsworth, Georgia? So it's uh, it's an interesting wall. You know, there's there's been some some things that I've read with their. There could be some sort of like astronomical alignment w- with the wall too. I don't know if you've seen anything like that. I did not. Um, there always is with everything, isn't there? There's something on the ground. Look up. There's a star. Hey, you know what? They put it right <laughs> here because of that star. Devil's advocate. I like that. You're yeah. doing good with the. Uh, I don't know. I like to think that there is, though. I like to think that they that there could be some sort of there's some sort of hidden meaning. There's some sort of hidden, you well, know. Speaking, you know, going to the stars, that is one of the, nobody really believes this, but one of the the, the small fringe theories is that the Moonite people were an alien race. There's always an alien race involved, too. Yeah. So. But the statues kind of look alien-like, you know, that little statue in the, in the museum in Murphy. Yeah. But that could be, I think, and I think of this about a lot of art also, is like, they're they're trying to make it look realistic. They get the chisel, tink, oh, little, it f- little fell off. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now i got to make the other eye look like that, too. Right. So. And, of course, it's easier to just do, like, a little shaved head yeah. with little yeah, round eyes. I mean, eyes. if you look at these things, there's no facial detail. No, there's it's like not. It looks like a, f- a four-year-old could make it out of clay. Yeah. But the fact that this was made in, what, the 80s? I think so. Let me get another fact correct on this episode. <laughs> yeah, you're doing good with the facts. Yeah, 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 I'm killing it. Trying to keep us on the rails here. Yeah, with I'm the just facts. making sure you got. I got all the proper dates here. I'm just making sure you're. You have a lot of notes over there too, though. So I don't. Have you have you given all your information? Yeah. Oh. Well. Yeah, my notes is just the basic stuff. You actually read books. I didn't realize we were going to go that. Of course. That deep into this. That's why people are listening. 
It's not for no. That's not true. I think people are listening because banter. they're dumb shits, and they like to listen to stuff rather than read it. Well, that's why I did the reading. I did huh. the reading for them. For who? For them. Oh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Never mind. Oh, I don't know where I was. Kind of just looking at some sort of descriptions because we were, you know, talking about the wall itself. Uh, there's supposed to be, and Dwight mentioned this also, another uh, structure in Mor- Murphy, North Carolina, but I don't know where that is. I've never been to that one. So, and I don't think it's as elaborate as Fort Mountain is. Yeah. So. I mean, really, when you look at the pictures online, anyways, of said wall, it's right. not. It's not really. Uh, well, it's not a wall. It's not all that impressive. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm now. saying. Now, 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 of course, now. It's like, you know, you go to the pyramids. Back then, it was glorious. It still is glorious, but obviously, it's fallen apart a little bit. Even if you're talking mainstream theories about the pyramids, we're going back three and four thousand years. Right. Which, again, some people theorize it could be older. Right, and look how impressive it is. That's right? what I'm saying. I know. So I mean, I'm I'm talking. I'm saying over three thousand years. You got how many? Well, I me mean, first. <laughs> never mind. I was going to make a joke about creationism. You know what happens when you do too many jokes. I was going to go to to say that you look at this wall up on Fort Mountain. It is not all that impressive these days. It looks like a pile of rocks somebody just dumped. Yeah, these days it does. Right. Uh, so it obviously could not. Have but been the pyramids aren't on a mountain. This is on a mountain. So to that get up true. there, very true. To to get up there today, you got to drive up there. It's pretty good ways, and of course, put it in the time period. There wouldn't have been. Why did they go up there? Why did they build uh, this wall on this mountain? Why did they pick this mountain? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like as you look at it from like the highway down below. It's would be kind of like the northernmost uh, point on this kind of little range where this this mountain is located down there. So it's like the northernmost peak on that on those mountains. When you're that picture you sent me when you're driving, can you see it from yeah. the road? You can see the actual you can see the mountain. Yeah. I mean, the, can you see where the wall is? No. So it's not okay. I didn't know if it was it cleared just, out. The mountain range there runs parallel to the to the highway. Okay. Um. But it's des- it's described uh, as as a zigzagging wall that contains between nineteen and twenty nine pits, and I don't nobody knows what those are for either. Uh, so the wall it was constructed out of local stones um, from the surrounding region around the summit. Oh, here it is. This is what I mentioned earlier. 1956 archaeological report concluded that only that the structure represents a prehistoric aboriginal construction whose precise age and nature cannot yet be safely hazarded until the whole problem of which this is a a represent. Jesus, God. (sighs) I completely blasted that one out of the... Well, hey, welcome to the club. <laughs> has been more fully investigated. So really there is no answer as to what it is and what its purpose is. Um you know, and when people attribute some sort of astronomical alignment, they're just, you know. There is a lot of that in ancient structures, so why not attribute some of that to this one? Right. And it we would want, be difficult yeah. to, you know. Well, 
We're, you're just going to have to go and look at it for yourself. And we are. We should, yeah, we should do. What? Post a little Instagram picture of us there on the wall together. <laughs> okay. Standing on it. Also, another little known fact. I don't know if you know this. You're a, you go up there often, more often than, than I. Go up where? Fort Mountain State Park. Yep. Um, it is a mixture, as far as the trees go there, it's a mixture of both hardwood and pine forest. Right? And this is in all of the state park, apparently. I just saw this little nifty fact. And uh, this is a quote. Several blueberry thickets. So, when we go up there, I'm going to eat another berry. And get sick. And get another rash. Okay. Did you have to go to the doctor for that, too? Yes, I did. I went to the emergency room for that last one. Because <laughs> it, it was a full body rash. And it itched to the bone. And I don't guess, I, we still don't know what you ate. It was a, it, I swear to God, it was a blackberry. You thought it was. I sw- it was. It tasted like one. It looked like And then like you one. showed it to somebody who knew what blackberries told him, like. I told him that I ate one up there, and he goes, there was no way that was a blackberry because it's too late in the season when the elevation, whatever. Right, that time of year. Nope, the thorn got my sleeve. Blackberry bushes have thorns. Lots of things have thorns. This was a blackberry. And you saw and it, ate it, and you just plucked it right off of the thing, and you're like, hey, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And I did. I swear. Down I the hatch. I'll go do it again. All right. So, yeah. There's basically, I guess, the moon-eyed people. That's it. Uh... We're going to go to the wall. We'll do a live remote. What do you say? From our we adventure. We can do that. <laughs> we'll, do a, we'll, do a, we'll do a boomerang on Instagram. Let's do it. You wear what a boomerang yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. You're, you're a little bit older than I. <laughs> but I still And know. I barely. I've never, I've never done one. No, we should. Yeah, we can do it. Um, jumping off of it. Yeah. This is it. It's all coming together. So, uh, but when we go, when we go check out this wall, I, I want you to, and and I don't know if you'll feel anything when we're there, but I just want you to, I'm going to leave you on your own, okay? Mm-hmm. And you just kind of walk the wall and tell me if you feel anything strange, as if this location has some sort of uh, spiritual, possibly. Some sort of magnetic, uh, earthly, is if there's some sort of phenomenon that you may encounter, you know? I like it. I wonder. Because they've they've said that there there could be something to that in these mm-hmm. places. The pyramids, all of these ancient temples, again, going back to what we mentioned earlier, why they were built in the locations, why they were yeah. chosen to be put there. Yeah. So that's what I want you to think about. And feel. See if you can feel something. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna go on Amazon and buy a carbon dater, and I'm gonna carbon date a rock, okay. to prove okay. to you that it can be done. You should get some organic material from down underneath. We'll do some digging. We'll go up there. I don't think yeah. they'll give a shit. And I'll bring a shovel, and we'll start digging up some areas of the rock wall. And I don't think they'll care, but and see what we can find out on our now own. Is it, if we go up there, are we going to be alone up there? Is it is it trampled down? Is it, a, is it a very touristy area? It is a touristy spot, okay. but it's not like, you know, overrun with people. Okay. 
Uh, I've never been up there when it was, you know, a handful of people on the whole mountain. Okay. But it's like uh, now it's like a state park. Yeah. I want to say. So there's cabins down below, lower on the mountain, and there's campground, and there's like a lake. They dammed up like the CCC back in the 30s or 40s, you know, dammed up one of the um, creeks and made a little lake up there. 17-acre lake. Yeah. I read that. One of the, um, yeah, so. How do you like that? So it's not like a Klingman's Dome touristy thing. No, no, not at all. Good. But just yeah, put it back a uh, thousand years ago, two thousand years ago. Whoever knows when this thing was built? It's mm-hmm. ancient, and these were all over the place. You know, now gone. All that yeah. uh, information we have no access to it. Devastating. It is it's sad. Sad. Yeah, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna dare I say, a little vexing. Terribly. That's it. We should end. We should end it right there. All right. Oh, one last thing. What was the name of that last mound that you brought up? Which one? It was one of the Katahuchi. Kakuchi. There you go. That's Kikuchi how we mound. End it. Okay. All right. Um. You sure? Yeah, I think so. All right. I've gone through all my notes. Me too. So, thank you all for been listening another, and joining us again. Yeah, this has been another thrilling episode. Terribly Next Podcast. Next time I'll be on my game a little better. Hopefully. <laughs> Me too, man. I was getting a little... No, you're too much. We need to just... I think I'm hungry. We need to meet in the middle somewhere. Maybe I need to share my notes more and we can... Yeah, yeah I guess. Maybe you start reading. Yeah, I need to for sure. All right. Do I want to list out all the books? Or we can just do that in yeah, the show notes. Pop them in the show notes. Good. All right. This has been Terribly Vexed with Justin and Josh. Thank you. I got to say it as always. Go to iTunes, rate, please review, and subscribe. And don't forget to tell your friends. (laughs) Yeah. All right. We'll see you around. See you next time.